Kelsey, this is the Corridor cast, and that was 17 Second Sound by Wishing Rock. They put out a new EP recently. We talk about that. We talk about how they got together as a band, and also how they make their guitar sound so pretty. If you like the sound, which I hope you will, you can catch them July 26th at EMP Collective with Dots and Amy Dang. If you can't make that one, September 16th, they're at Reverb with Karen and the Sorrows and Red Sammy. Hopefully you can go to both. So stay tuned till the very end of this one because they came over with an acoustic guitar and they got to serenade me and friend of the show, Hobbs, the cat, with a lovely acoustic version of their song, Piscataway. Before we get to the interview, let's take care of some quick business. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, If we can grow it, get more listeners, that would be great. Be sure to subscribe. You can catch us on iTunes or any of the Google Play apps. Uh, tell your friends if your friends are in Baltimore DC bands and want to be on the show just let me know you can reach me at corridorcast at gmail.com so San Labrada has a show coming up very soon July 20th at the wind-up space with the very awesome Quattrocenta and in the womb of the everywhere room we hope to see you there I think that just about covers everything so here is Wishing Rock 
Music from D.C. and Baltimore You'll find it all here on Corridor Waltzes or cut time or straight for four You'll find it all here on Corridor It's the Corridor cast and we're here with Half of Wishing Rock We have Jeff Brunell and Lizzie Greif How are you guys? Good. Hey. Howdy. So um, I wanted to start off talking to you guys about um, how you became a band. I heard there's a pretty interesting backstory with that. Sure. Do you want to tell it? Well, I know part of the story. I know that I got enlisted to play guitar and do some backup vocals for a going away party. I don't know the full background of that story, though. I, this guy from, uh, from Joe Squared was booking a show with with bands and uh he contacted me asking for a band to fill in but i wasn't in a band and uh then i remember being and i said i would maybe see about being in a band um and i think i talked to you and i don't really remember what happened next but i heard from either tim or michael saying i should contact either michael or tim about two weeks later i was in nevada at the time and then, and then we practiced and we played. And it was good. So what were you doing in Nevada? I was uh, working on the Sanders campaign for about two weeks, but I wasn't really up to... Um, they work like 16-hour days. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I'm not that strong. <laughs> I need more sleep and time to look into space. Um, so when I listened to your guys' EP, um, I... I I didn't get like an overt political sense, but are you like a political guy then? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we're all political, whether whether we're showing it in a... I think we're always showing it, probably, but maybe not in those particular five songs. Sure. Yeah. So did you guys know each other before the, um, the project started then? How did you guys know each other? Uh, Jeff and I have known each other since 2001. We met in Annapolis, and then... Um, Michael and Tim have been my friends for a few years, and maybe your friends for even longer. I'm yeah, not I'm, sure. I'm pretty dim with origin stories. We met, I remember vividly, on a circle in Annapolis sitting down on the ground. Right. Um, I know that I met Michael because he had heard my main project, I think, and he, he approached me about that. And, but, but yeah, we've all been friends for a while now, so this is a chance for us to all come together. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So what is your main project? 20,000. Okay. I'm Sorry, I haven't heard of them. Is it a similar kind of sound, a similar kind of I'd say it's pretty different. That's why this is so much fun for me. Um, I think it's more sparse or um, cerebral maybe. And then our drummers um, in two projects, Faults and Anthrums, and our bass player is in Woodfur. And I think all of the projects are very, very different. Yeah. 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 I like Woodfur. Those guys, I'm I'm aware of, they do good work there. They're wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Lizzie has actually been my songwriting hero since (laughs) around, uh, I guess, I became aware of your stuff going back to Smitten. And then... (laughs) Lizzie started recording prolifically like this lo-fi solo stuff when she was at College Park in like 2002 or three. Um, yeah, under that moniker for a lot of those years, right? Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. The stuff is tremendous. It's great. Yeah, I don't switch names quite as often as you have. <laughs> yeah, it's an evasive tactic. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's played several shows in a row with different names. It's like he's trying to hide from some sort of authority. <laughs> I am. 
<laughs> so why is that? Why do, why do you keep having these different projects, different names? Um, why is it? I mean, we were called Back to the Bible for that farewell show, um, <laughs> which I thought either read as um, very uh, sardonic and cynical or like some sort of uh, Maranatha tabernacle revival kind of situation. Neither of which um, were exactly what we ditched it. We ditched sure. it. Um, why, why the switching names? I don't know. Um, I guess because I haven't found one that I like. And also because I, I, I really, left to my own devices, I'll um, pick something self-deprecating and kind of obtuse, and that's uh, counterproductive. Our, our name selection process was pretty involved. Yeah, that's always the hardest part of being in a band. So how did you guys come up with that? What's Wishing Rock about? I think you should talk about Wishing Rock because you're more of an expert on it. But the process itself was very democratic and very involved. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody had to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, we were almost called agriculture. We were almost called about 200 other things. <laughs> yeah, The Wishing Rock is a geological formation right by the terminus of Route 10 in Pasadena, Maryland, behind um, like a like a discount shoe warehouse. And, um, well, I mean, supposedly it was um, a, a trading post like hundreds of years ago. Um, I knew it as a place with a lot of graffiti and, uh, and pot smoking. Sure. But uh, growing up in the suburbs, you have like, you know, it's far more totemic than a discount shoe store. So it also has a real solid mythology, resonance. Not just like it's a rock. It sounds a solid thing. Solid as a rock. But it's going away, <laughs> you know, it's going away. It is? Isn't that right? They're building on it. On top of it? I thought you had told me they were doing some kind of construction on that rock. My memories were very bad. Okay. All right. We'll have to research what's happening with this rock and get it's back ephemeral. to you guys. <laughs> it's ephemeral. Who knows? Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys because you have different projects. Um, I wanted to ask, it seems like, I don't know if this is a Baltimore thing or just like a local music scene type thing, but it seems like everybody around here is involved in multiple projects. Why do you think that is? Is there a reason behind it or anything you could think of? For me, I, I'm in my 30s, and it's not automatic for me to see my friends anymore. It's not automatic to socialize like it might have been 10 or 15 years ago. So being in a band with some of my best friends means that I get some guaranteed time with them, doing something that's productive, creating something. I definitely relate to that, sure, sure. And uh, how about you, multiple projects, same kind of thing? I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I would add to it that we're all into more than one kind of music. Uh, and so it's just fun to exercise the different uh, different angles of that. But I absolutely agree that uh, the older I get, the more I want my hang time to be as purposive as it possibly can be to avoid, you know, anxiety and dread. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So um, I guess let's talk about Keep It Wrong, uh, the EP that was released. It was May 19th, right? Is it, I think oh, if I wrote that down right. <laughs> the release date was also somewhat ephemeral, I think. <laughs> However, yeah. that may be well, it's like, the official date. nowadays, right? Like, now it's like you put something out online. Like, right. It's not a... It's not, it's kind of a non-event these days. If that's what the internet says, then it's right. probably true. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did, was there a uh, a specific vision behind that, or what were you guys trying to do with that EP? I'd like to defer to Lizzie to speak to the vision. A vision about the music or the imagery? All or... of it. Yeah, all of it. I guess the music would be a good place to start. Mm. Mm. It's a curveball for me. For me, I think the music kind of evokes this um, this sort of like swelling feeling at the beginning of something, like when there's something happening inside of you, something's about to happen, new yeah. friendships, new possibilities, something like that. It's also kind of uncertain, so you do get some of that, like you get some of that wobbliness in there where you're like, what, what's going on? What's about to happen? You know, it's not fixed in place. It's not perfect there are little quirks there are little shadows of the process that peek through and i think for me that's kind of what it was about and the image on the cover shows that you know it's not a perfect image you can see actual shadows and light peeking through but that's just from where i'm sitting yeah i I think that that's accurate and you know the title of the ep certainly reflects that um yeah, and I think that they're, um, yeah, I mean, the name of the band is somewhat sentimental, um, and I think that the the songs are maybe of and about a time in life where uh, there's more of a sense of horizon than foreclosure, and... Um, yeah, if anything, I think that that's ballpark, the, the vision. Yeah, it seems like there's some themes of, like, uh, one thing I noticed listening to was there were kind of themes of, like, memory and looking back, perhaps. I don't know if maybe that was just certain lyrics that I linked in on, but is that something that you guys were thinking of, writing about, or did that just kind of happen, or am I crazy and just kind of listening and do it wrong? I love that you heard that, you <laughs> know. Too. And that's definitely how I hear it, too. I think that these songs, the way that we did this album was that Jeff brought songs, correct me if I'm wrong, but you brought songs into the space and they changed and we worked on them together, but the lyrics were kind of already there. So you can probably speak most to the intention behind them, but there are definitely strong images that peek through from the past, at least from the way I read them. Yeah, you know, in the way that that something changes... um not just sonically, but um, given that the people in the room um, have history with each other, have played in other projects together, um, I have seen different iterations of spaces and bands and and our city and our lives. You know, there's uh, there's definitely a lot of that time focus. Um, you know, and, and the way that that hurts and the way that that uh, makes things more meaningful, I guess. Sure, sure. 
And while we're on the subject of lyrics, there was one that really caught my ear I wanted to ask you about. We're never going to be complete, but our hearts still beat. Did I get that down right? Our hearts keep beating on. Keep beating. There you go. Was that one that you wrote, Jeff? Or was that one of Lizzie's? Okay, so um, can you talk to me about that? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, That... um, That's about as uh, you know. There's a real there's a real disconnect between the motivational <laughs> things I tell myself to uh, keep showing up and the the sort of songs I tend to write. Um, the songs I think end up being sort of uh, like an intestinal process for my my worst moods, um, and uh, that line is actually a lot more. Uh, in keeping with the way I whistle in the dark for myself, you know? Um, I'm glad you picked that one because a lot of them aren't nearly that optimistic. Sure. But um, but that is an optimistic line, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so I took it anyway. Yeah, yeah. me too. A listener. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, and I, I don't know. I think that that's what we have to work with most of the time is, and I think it, it's helpful for me uh, to not, float off into space or my own delusions to um you know expect incompleteness and that doesn't have to be tantamount to disappointment um or ingratitude um and it helps me to notice um that in the most like primary sense like everything is all right like that i have a heartbeat etc i love that line (laughs) sure now, you guys have two guitar players, two singers, which is something that I love in bands. I love two guitar bands. Um, so when you guys are writing, how do you fit the parts together? How do you fit your harmonies together? Pretty much when, when for this album, Jeff would bring his song in and he would he would get we'd get the drum parts going and the drums would get pretty solid. The bass always came fairly easily. And then I would just sort of noodle around until it felt like something fit. Mm-hmm. And I would just hope that one of those things would fit. But um, I think we were kind of putting things on top of what Jeff brought to the table. And I think our process has changed more yeah, recently. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that with um, the two songs that we've hashed out more recently. Uh, it's been a lot more, um, I don't know, just like a, a reflective process as we've gone through it. And um, I think that the new songs are stronger quite a bit for that. Um, I don't know, more conversational. And uh, if I could get into technical stuff for a second, I really like the way you, you play those parts on top, right? So the way your guitar sounds on the tracks just kind of like it's very clean most of the time. What are you playing? And can we talk that your uh, your gear for a second? I'm just playing through a basic Blues Junior amp. You know, not much gain or anything on it. I think I had an overdrive pedal for that recording that was turned way down. And then I was using a guitar that was built by my friend Rob Wilson, Telecaster style. Really nice, clear pickups. I love it. Wow, did (laughs) he build it for you? Like, did you uh, ask for We're working on one together, and I'm using his while it's in process. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And is he a local guy? He is local. He is um, in the project Television Hill, and he's built guitars for a lot of people around Baltimore. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, and so the sound that you guys get, uh, when I listen to it, it seems kind of like 
wistful, it's layered. And then I think of other bands that have come from Baltimore or are active in Baltimore. That kind of seems like something that's happening now. So where did you guys find your sound? What elements are you bringing to it, if that makes sense? One of our kind of sonic references, benchmarks, where does this come from? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that, um, I mean, the, the stuff that Michael draws from... Uh, tends to be a lot more mathy, proggy. Um, Michael's the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I think that we all have a lot of common, like, there's there's a good center to the Venn diagram. I mean, it probably sounds like the stuff that we all agree upon, but there's some pretty divergent tastes, and I think that, um, I mean, you mentioned the fact that, that Lizzie doesn't, like, busy up the guitar tone, that there's, like, a real, like, clean minimalism and, like, and precision about, um, you know, there were a lot of notes when I was uh, <laughs> keeping everyone waiting, mixing the thing for like two that months. Mixing like, process was quite arduous. Indeed, and, yeah. I don't. I've never done that before. But like, just the <laughs> the the uh, selectivity of the notes that that Lizzie chooses to play, like stuff that I wouldn't necessarily hear in the practice space. Mm-hmm. A lot of which really like blew me away when I was able to hear it on headphones and um yeah just like exactly what um the moment needed and making the making the song like vastly more affecting in that way and um and tim has like you know more more punk influences and like an urgency um like kind of a discordant factor um that you know i think that because i I've got some, my parents had such a, um, you know, a sentimental record collection. So I've got some pretty dangerous leanings there. And like I think, what? Like what are you talking about? I mean, like, like we're talking about like Go Billy there. Joel, the Beach Boys and Paul Simon are as, go. as good as it got. And I'm, I stand behind all those choices, but there was really, um, there was nothing I would call dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although I guess Billy Joel could be kind of dangerous behind the wheel back in the day. My idol. So talk. You mentioned the mixing was arduous. What was the recording process like? Um, was there anything you know anything uh, unusual that happened that you could work with? You know what I mean? Any magic surprises? The recording process was pretty great. We worked with Doug Bartholomew out in Pasadena, and it was at least my first time to really like see professional equipment see stuff go pretty smoothly and we laid down the tracks with him but we took them and we mixed them on our own oh, <laughs> and that's where own. things oh, that's God. where things turned into the wild jungle yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. mixing is hard mixing is hard so, so how fun. long did that take you guys what was that like oh yeah so that was um well it was march no it was january when we started it was i guess it was march when we finished? It took a couple months a couple months yeah of, uh... But that included things like we did all the graphic design ourselves and just figuring things out for the first time along the way. So it wasn't just the mixing. We were learning a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was... Lizzie took charge of the, the graphic design and the, and the fonts and the layout. And, you know, we all weighed in on lots of, of iterations of the, the mix and... Um, yeah, so 
and we, you know we all have have jobs and, and lives and neighborhoods and stuff so um I think you know I was um <laughs> me and Michael particularly um given given the opportunity will pick a scab until it's a bone yeah but um but it was a it was satisfying you know mm. I like picking scabs so most of the people I talk to actually all the people I've talked to so far do have day jobs and I'm always kind of curious about how what you do during the day informs your music mm. um so, uh, Jeff, I know we just talked real quick about you, you have a pretty interesting job. Does that impact your, your writing, your music style? Um, oh, well, so, first, so, you're a therapist. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a social worker and a therapist. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I'll, I'll write in, in a blast where maybe a dozen new songs come out and then, you know, a year two sometimes passes where I'd like despair that like that's never going to happen again and then it does um so yeah the last couple of of cycles I guess you'd call them um have had more I, I guess it, it I mean it's the sort of job where you can talk about general themes that might be a little over much in a pop song I think it like that line that you pointed out earlier is about us as close as it gets to mm. to trying to be more more mindful less uh you know i'm like a, a a drug and alcohol counselor right so um less re- resentful more mindful um i don't know maybe that'll show through on the next set of lyrics i don't yeah. know if it's particularly reflected in this one sure and how about you lizzie is there any sort of overlap for you mm, i think so i mean i teach english as a second language to adults oh. and I kind of recently realized that there's no reason not to bring music into my job. Mm. So working on writing songs for my class, bringing music into a different environment, I think it's probably made me think about my songwriting a little bit differently. And I've started to try to be more playful and um, not such of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever teach your students songs in English? To yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's one thing that you can really remember if you learn a song or if someone writes a song for you, and you can walk away from class with a song to hold on to. That's a great memory. Yeah, I um I was in the Peace Corps in Panama, and my I was in the Peace Corps as well. Oh, really? In Where China? Oh, awesome. Were you teaching English? That's right. Yeah, me too. But I was doing it in Panama, and um, so one of the things that happened for my folks is they would hear English songs and they'd want me to tell them what the lyrics meant. So that could be a chance for an improv to English lesson. I don't know if you had that in China. I don't know if that's something. I tried to leverage things like um, the intense fascination with Lady Gaga, you know, (laughs) did an entire class on card analogies, (laughs) poker face, (laughs) etc. That's awesome. So she's big over there too. (laughs) She's big all over the world. So when did you get back from that? Was that something you did a while ago? Yeah, I got back from that in 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, So about four years ago, I think two days ago. Okay, wow. So has that informed your songwriting at all, that experience? Because I know it's a pretty major event. (laughs) Definitely. Can you point to a specific way or is it just kind of like just changing who you are? 
Um, when I was over there, I, I, I learned how to use Audacity, and I think that really changed how I approached recording. I got away from just recording on cassette tapes, and I had a lot more control mm-hmm. over editing and layering. And so the last year I was over there, I learned Audacity. I started working with noise and sound stuff, and when I came back here, I was ready to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time to work out, the, the learn the programs and everything. Yeah. So do you plan on bringing any of those noise elements to this project, or is that not really something that you see happening here? I like what we have going with the instrumentation that we have. I think if we're going to bring other elements in, it might actually be other members. Mm. We're, we're talking about that. Are you looking for specific instruments or not really solidified anything yet? Friend. More friends? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, but but bringing more friends into the fold, either it, intermittently or as as full members, I think that could be honestly. Yeah. Well, if you play kazoo, if you play keyboard, reach out to Wishing Rock. <laughs> glockenspiel. Yeah, some glockenspiel up in here. If you can shred the glockenspiel, we need you to stand up, be counted. <laughs> Uh, so on on the Bandcamp uh, description of the EP, uh, you talk about it being like I forget the exact quote, but something like a record collection of your Gen X uh, brother or something. <laughs> and I wanted to talk to you because that's something that I struggle with. Is a lot of my influences are are pretty much older sounds or like '90s sounds. So how do you guys keep it fresh? Like you take your t- you take your influences and then make them something that doesn't just sound like they did. Are you saying it sounds fresh? Thank you. I I think so. (laughs) Hmm. I would say that. I don't know how other people do it as they age, but I think around 26, I was feeling like, well, it's an embarrassment to keep doing this because I'm visibly older than everybody else in the room. And then sometime later, realized that... um, you know, if I'm lucky, I'll, I'll get to be an old person still playing music, like a truly old person still playing music, you know, not with the um, <laughs> uh, short-sightedness of a 26-year-old who feels old. But, um, you know, our we are who we are, and, and we like what we like. And I think um, so much of, you know, coming to terms with, one's life at all is about doing that with as much gusto as one can muster. So I guess I would say unapologetically, um, you're nodding. Yeah. I think we're, we're at a place where we're not afraid to be right in the middle of some of those musical cliches in a way that is executed well, in a way that's executed knowingly. Um, we're, we're making choices because these are sounds that bring us pleasure. And I think that we're coming at things from different corners of the musical universe. So in a way, even if I'm approaching things in a, in a way that might be somewhat cliched from the genres of music that I'm into, when you layer that on top of these other sounds, what you get is different. You know, the, the sum of the parts is different, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I've been practicing for 22 years to play guitar like it was 1995 yeah, exactly. so um i'd like to use that before another decade goes by 
And um, so let's talk about like future future plans for you guys. Um, you talked a little bit about maybe adding other members. Are there is there um, is there a discussion of like a full length coming out anytime soon? I mean, I know this just the EP just came out not too long ago. I think we're gearing up to record a single, which is kind of the opposite direction. Yeah, but I think I think we'd really like to get these new songs out there. Yeah. And I think that after, you know, there's a lot of um, front end figuring out just the how we're going to do those processes ourselves, you know, at home in our odd hours. And um, so I think that tackling a full length right now on the heels of finally getting the EP out. Uh, it's summertime. I think everybody wants to, I want to go swimming and stuff. Yeah, sure. And everybody has like multiple projects and full time jobs. And, yeah. Um, so single first, two songs. I think we're talking about two or three songs. Really simple packaging, no frills. Just get it out there, because um, these new songs are fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it'll be really interesting to record them. Yeah, I could see that process being very fun. And I kind of feel like singles are where things are right now, you know? It seems like, you know, people just download a single instead of buying a whole album. It's easier to send out. If we want to send it out to radio stations, sending out a single is a heck of a lot easier than sending out a full album, at least easier on the pocket. (laughs) (laughs) So what are your goals for this project? Um, You know, I think we're all, we're about the same age, I think. And, you know, at a certain point, I'll speak personally personally speaking, at a certain point, it was kind of like, well, this is probably isn't going to be something that I do as a career. So what are your guys' goals and ambitions for Wishing Rock? Yeah, I mean, totally. I I just, I want to have a document more than anything else. Um, I mean, my goal is mostly to, to, to play and, like, to have the excuse to, to still be that loud and still be hanging out with friends and hopefully play some shows that are fun but above all you know have a document i guess because the time's going to pass either way what what do you think i'd agree with that and i i think it's just to have fun at this point and see what happens you know get the music out there if it's not fun it's not worth doing right (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so I know you guys have some shows coming up and everything. So uh, what are your next, uh, where can people see you? You got the list. All right. So we're playing July 26th at EMP with Dots and Amy Dong. And we're playing September 16th at Reverb with Karen and the Sorrows and Red Sammy. Okay. Red Sammy. Yeah. I know those guys a little bit. Very yeah, cool. I'm stoked for that. Um, the... Um, is it Adam Trice, the singer's name? I believe so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I when I was at University of Baltimore like ten years ago, I was on the um, the staff of the literary magazine there, and uh, you know we had a lot of submissions that we called through, and his was my favorite, and it was um, about it was called Goddamn Jersey Waffle Diners. <laughs> and I loved it. it he submitted several things I loved it all um, yeah I'm very excited about that show 
So what the being a, what did you do with that magazine? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I took five copies. I put them on the top shelf. I think I oh, handed I mean, them. Oh, I mean, like you, you edited? <laughs> yeah, I helped edit it. I, I wrote a like a six-page poem in there that was uh, addressing Lizzie, actually. So. Oh, really? Yeah. What was that about? Did I ever um, see that? Did you never see that? I don't know. <laughs> it's called For the Invincible E.G. 8-30-2006? I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to show I it need to you to, Yeah, I need to steal some lyrics from that, maybe. Just sure. call yeah, them. Yeah, this time we didn't. <laughs> I had that yeah. in there. It's like a wealth of material. We could do like a two-note sort of situation that goes on for like 14 minutes. It could be a watershed <laughs> that for us. That sounds like right up my alley. Get some of that, that noise factor going on. <laughs> yeah. So you both kind of have a, a, lang- a background in language, I guess. Uh, I could say that. You, you teach and you edited. Um, so how important are lyrics to you guys? Important. Incredibly important, yeah. I'd say, for me. Um, would you put it like ahead of the music or is it, do, do you write lyrics first sometimes, I guess is what I'm trying to say? Oh. <sighs> It depends. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as a listener, um, lyrics are the deal breaker for me. If I think someone's lyrics are um, insipid or unkind, I'll turn it off. Um, and and interesting lyrics can make me sit with a style of music that I might not immediately expect. I'll connect to writing. Yeah, it kind of depends. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, like the one new song, I'm just like um, going na-na-na, basically in the melody I have in mind, and the and just a couple of lines mm-hmm. in mind. And then other times it's um, a whole bunch of lyrics and finding guitar to fit. So. Do you find, is it more consistent for you? Is it sort of... Um, it changes in the same way. Sometimes I'll just write a whole bunch of potential lyrics and then i'll try to just cut them up on top of a guitar line that i'm working with sometimes i've got the guitar line set and i'll be doing those na na na's until the words come and i just try to write it down really fast Mm -hmm. and sometimes it all comes out at once which is great and a miracle but yeah it's usually easy the easiest yeah sure (laughs) you just get a song from above and you're like oh thank you Well, let me ask you this. Why do you, why do you guys play music in the first place? What is it about it? I know friends have mm. come up. You know, it, it is a good social thing, but sure. what else? I don't <sighs> feel that I have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Lizzie's been a musician a lot longer than I have. Um, but, I mean, oh, it's... It's a life-saving device as a teenager, you know, and continues to be. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's like um, a processing system for, um, for, for difficulty in it. Um, and it's fun. <laughs> and it's a, it's a bridge to other people. And um, I don't know, it's a way to to be at once like more earnest and less serious that's a good way to put it more earnest and less serious i like that yeah 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've been doing music since I was in first grade, you know, and it, it just doesn't seem like I, I've, I've tried to go without it. You know, I've tried to be in situations where I didn't have access to a musical instrument and I always found myself with one very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it, I suppose it's a choice I'm making, but at the same time, it's just, it's, it's a part of me. So. So what other instruments have you played? Have you played a bunch of them? You know, as a kid, you start out with piano, and then yeah. you do your band instruments. So that was clarinet for me, and then my chosen instrument was oboe, and that was my life for a long time. And then guitar is like my challenge. You know, guitar is the thing that does not come naturally to me, and I think that's why I like it so much because it's really hard. So that's interesting. Was oboe easier for you than guitar? Sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought oboes were tough. Stringed instruments oh. for me are like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> my brain doesn't work like that. It's a coordination thing. Is that what? Uh, yeah, gotcha. Two gotcha. hands at once. <laughs> yeah. Do you still play oboe? Occasionally, I pull it out, but um, it's kind of it's. I'll probably go back to it. You know, every couple of years I pull it out and just make sure it's still there. <laughs> How about you? Do you have other instruments you dabble? Uh, dabble is probably the the most. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the fair term. I mean, um, you know, the the basic rock instrumentation, um, I can kind of keep up if people are playing simple. But um, you've definitely accompanied me on drums. I believe I've heard you on keys. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can plunk around on the, those things. I like playing bass too. Um, yeah, we should do a switch. Uh, yeah, the other day I was. Uh, Let's call him for a switch. I Michael know, seemed hesitant much... to oh, yeah, jump right. on the microphone. Mm-hmm. But, um, I want to get a microphone in front of him, actually. though. I really yeah. would like to get one because he's got a voice. And... He does. Yeah. Some people, is it, is it like a shyness thing? Or... I just don't think he's done it. I don't think he's gotten affirmation for it. But I think mm-hmm. once we get that microphone in front of him, it won't be leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were you there the night at the, the summer show at Haley's house? Uh, it might have been the 4th of July a few years ago. Michael read. Oh yeah, no, I think I played was or. I think we might have both played that night. Yeah, we did. I think. But Michael was that did, the AIDS benefit. Yeah. Yes. And Michael did like an interlude of um. It's like a spoken word uh, version of a popular song from yesteryear. Oh yeah. But I don't remember what it was. Was it a three eleven song or something? I don't think so. <laughs> okay, you know yeah. what? That's the second time three eleven has come up on this podcast. I wonder, Great, are they having like a resurgence? Could I you hope re- doing okay. Could you rename the podcast? Yeah, the- <laughs> Corridor three eleven. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Everclear. Um, it wasn't. Ever- I would have remembered if okay. it was Everclear. <laughs> Between us, I adored Everclear when I was coming oh, down yeah. off of Billy Joel. Yeah, what was that one? What was that one album that, like, everybody had? The Everclear album that, like, was basically given out to everyone. <laughs> uh, I wasn't cool enough to know about that. <laughs> Lizzie was a lot cooler, <laughs> actually. Like, what what is... kind of stuff are you listening to? When when was that? Uh, that probably would have been, like, the later 90s, right? Yeah, like, probably 97 or so. Yeah. So, like, Alanis Morissette? Yes. Only? Yeah. <laughs> I had one cassette tape. No, Jack okay. and Little Pill was another one that was That's, basically, yeah. like, issued to everyone. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I'm trying to remember what all was on the first tape you made for me. Oh, God. She was definitely in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. It was like No Doubt. and um, Yeah, I believe No Doubt was on there. Whatever I had in my CD collection. Yeah. Thanks, Record and Tape Traders. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> indeed. Thanks, Record and Tape Traders. Are they all gone now? I think so. That's think so fucking so. sad to me. Yeah. I hope it's okay to swear. Oh, yeah. You can say whatever the fuck you want. It's, it's, it's good. It's the internet. <laughs> cool. Uh, so where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Find us. Follow us. <laughs> so we're on Bandcamp. Um, just wishingrockbandcamp.com. We're on Facebook. Wishing Rock Band. We're on the old YouTube, but there isn't much content up there. Wishing Rock Band. We're also on um, Twitter. Wishing Rock Band. And I think we could even be on Instagram now, but we could be. don't quote me on that one. <laughs> we're all Instagram. over the place. <laughs> yeah. Now, Lizzie, you brought your guitar. Is there any chance we could get a song? What do you think? Do you think we can take a moment to... Yeah. Tune and we'll take a minute, get set up. Is, is that cool? Yeah, we can give do it that. a shot. All right, sure. And if it's not, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's yeah, fine. yeah. Just yeah. if it's terrible, lop it off. Sure. Cool. All right. Well, hopefully it'll be just fine. Thank you guys so much. Thank, Thank you. Hey, Moon. Do you want to know why there is this divide? It's you. You've been blocking out the stars my whole life. So won't you come down, come down, come down. Stairs if there's a fight. Calm down
is above your head We might just have a talk When she has gone to bed Down there in your kitchen Conspiracy countertop It's only a shadow Thank you guys. Thank you.